Sat Nam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you.
of each of us that knows everything about everything. We get in the way. Just like we get in the way of our breathing. We think we're breathing. We're not breathing. We're being breathed. And when you can get in touch with the master that's breathing you, you get in touch with the master that's being you. And like Yogi Bhajan often said, if you're not being you, there is no you. There's an imposter. And that imposter is a painful existence. And that painful existence is subsidized by purchased pleasure. And purchased pleasure is what we are constantly working for. But if you would just let go. What is it? Let go, let If you would just let go and let that master be masterful, you would be an entertained witness. Good day. 
once said, the only mistake God made was giving humans free will. Because it uh, can so get in the way. Your freedom can so get in the way huh? of the mastery that you are. Today's class is about the knowing of intuitive faith. Trying to work, trying to do a workaround with the sense of safety in intelligent concern. Sweet. Nice. That was, you know, most times you would go, Oh, that was a mistake. Probably it wasn't. The knowing of intuitive faith and trust, trying to do a workaround, your concern of intelligent doubt. I mean, what are we trained as? We're trained as intelligent doubters. To use the negative mind, that doesn't mean the bad mind. To, ne- to use the negating mind, the negative mind, the negating mind, to negate the possibility that you know. A young child says, I know. The doubting adult says, how do you know? How do you know? causes you to engage the negating mind. Because the negating mind will engage as, how do I not know? Before it engages as, how do I know? Because the how do you know is an overpowering question. Because you have no idea how you know. You just know. Isn't it true? Particularly when you're raising your children. Isn't it true? You just know. You just know what to do. Because there's a master parent inside of you. Nobody knows how to give birth. It's different every time. But that intensity does draw you into the moment. We speculate as men. (laughs) I always said I met my wife at the birth of our first child. Because the woman I met in that moment was the woman that my soul had wanted to marry and my intellect, my doubting intellect, went along with the idea. Because we never dated. I just asked her to marry me. 
She said, what did Yogi Bhajan say? I said, he said, perfect. She said, mm, which I thought lasted for a month. Okay. And then we went to meet her parents and they said, are you kidding us? Your intuitive trust and faith is the master within. That's why at the beginning of every Kundalini class we chant Aung Namo Gurudev Namo to try and move our free will out of the way so that we don't have to try and do a workaround, to try to work around that free will. Now what if, what if, you reversed the free will and it gave you the freedom to be willing to allow for the master within to guide you. And that you were willing to not know how. There's an old Sanskrit that when translated into English goes, don't ask how, determine when. And it was perhaps best defined or at least made into an understanding form. How many have ever gone into cold water? How many have ever waited while you were going into cold water? It didn't get warmer. And to go in inch by inch prolongs the agony. Because, you know, you're, you just go in and you're in shock for a few seconds. And then your body acclimates, and then you're out of shock. But you go in inch by inch, you're in shock inch by inch. What if you were to go into each moment and allow the shock? Because that body shock is actually doing a healthy thing when you go into cold water. What if you allowed for the psycho-emotional shock of going into each moment, full force, to do that same healing, healthy thing to your system? I can remember as a, as a, um, as a young man, when I was doing only professional music, and there was always this note that I had written this song that I could do on my own and I could hit that note, but I could never, I never got up the nerve to hit that note on stage because it was a note that you had to be like totally naked to hit. I don't mean physically, I mean just totally psycho-emotionally naked to hit. There couldn't be a smidgen of doubt. Do you know a smidge and a pinch? What's the third? A dash. Smidge, a pinch, and a dash. 
some friends of ours have measuring spoons. <laughs> one is a smidge, one is a pinch, and one is a dash. They're these little tiniest, tiniest spoons that you could ever imagine. My daughter, son-in-law, and two grandchildren are entering the room. Uh, it was a Sunday morning two and a half years ago when this one carrying, hello Narayan, when this young Narayan carrying her purple mat was born at this half an hour ago, remember? And we got the call and we answered the call right here from the stage and my wife said, it's a girl, right? There's the girl. Yeah. So, what if you could take that moment and you could give it such amount of faith? As I was walking out on stage that night, I knew I wasn't going to hit that note. And in the midst of the song, something took over and I hit that note. And it was such a psycho-emotional shock that I forgot the entire rest of the song. <laughs> and we had, we had to finish the song as a, as a, as a musical, as, a, as an instrumental. And I was good with that. But what if, what if you hit your note and it changes, the, the, the psycho-emotional shock changes the immediate future, like it did with me. I forgot all the rest of the words. We had to do it as an instrumental. Everybody was fine. They thought it was cool. They had never heard the note. Now they had. <laughs> I had never hit the note. Now I had. Everything changes from that moment forward. What doesn't change is your inability to make the move because you're fixated on the plan. You're fixated on the strategy. You're fixated on the memory. You're fixated on the anticipation. But what if all you were fixated on was the master in the moment? And the master in the moment had full mastery of the plan rather than the plan. And suddenly, instead of riding the back of the wave, struggling, working, earning your identity because of struggle, because that's why we struggle. We struggle to earn identity. We feel identified in the struggle. Let's see if there's something in here that... Yeah. So as we ride that wave, usually we'll ride the back of the wave, which is the, which is the quadrant of determination. This is the wave of time. The front side of the wave is the wave of ease, and if everything is unfolding with great ease, you don't recognize, you don't know your value. Recognize. You don't re-know your value again. And so what you do is you, in ease, you will always 
slide forward into this axle, which is the axle between excitement and anxiety. And you'll make it really exciting in order for you to then have an anxious moment, which will suck you into the chaos and overwhelm, which really gives you an identity. Huh? Doesn't it? I mean, you lock into self in chaos and overwhelm faster than anything. And that's why we do it. And then it subsides and we feel lost. And in that being lost, we feel somewhat depressed, which means that we haven't exuded enough, so the cosmos is pushing in on us. That's what depression is. And then in order to strike the fire of our exuberance so that we can exude, we ignite it in the liver. We tense up the diaphragm. The liver starts creating this internal charge, which we interpret as anger. It's just like high motivation determination. That starts to bring us out of that doldrum. We start to climb back up the wave. We become determined in order to achieve certainty. And the moment we start to achieve certainty, things become a little boring. We want to take the plunge again. Get a little overwhelmed. I mean, we know people all around, sometimes within ourselves, that will just burn it down to have to build it again. I know somebody that's done it with $120 million of investor funds. You know, like, oh my God, are you kidding? Yes? What if you just rode the boredom? It's what the Buddha called the middle path. No extremes. Because boredom gives you that opportunity to come into balance. And once you come into balance, you can see the entire horizon. 360 degrees of the horizon. You can choose your direction. And the moment you choose your direction, that's when you want to, the master within. And just let the master within take the action, because the master within will take the action that is not so much that it goes into, oh, I'm so excited. Don't you just hate that? I'm so excited. Really? One time, Yogi Bhajan heard somebody say, he says, don't get giddy. Giddy is the worst place to be. So the moment you feel that, that excite, excite, pull back and stay inside of inspiration. Because that's where the intuition lives. Your intuition lives in your inspiration and it allows for that faith that looks at risk and just sees it as opportunity. Because within risk, 
The only thing that sees risk is your survival mode. That which sees opportunity in the same moment is your faith, are your eyes of faith and trust. So now you're going to hit that note. Outside the note, you're witnessing the note. You're listening to yourself sing. And if you're listening to yourself sing, you're subtracting some of the energy that it would take for you to really sing. You understand? So don't listen to yourself sing. They say when an opera singer is hitting that note that's the note that's never been hit, that they actually cannot hear the note. That their throat opens to such a degree that it opens and it, it, it smashes the eustachian tube against the inner ear and they can hear it through their bones but they can't hear it through their ears. Can you imagine stepping that far out on your limb in your determined doubt? You're holding on? Two? Because it's safe. It is so safe to be in doubt. But in fact, it's the most dangerous place to be. So now I want you just to get what we might call a little crazy. Good day, Namo. 
and it's not just the, I know I'm starting and stopping you, he's like, could you just let me go? It's not just this, it's not just the pitch that you've got to hit. The, the impossible note is not just the pitch. The impossible note is the tone of the note that you've always been playing with. You know why Elvis became such a big hit? Because the whole time he was singing, he was singing to his mother. They've done tonal analysis of his voice. And it's the same tone that you hear in a small child calling for mom. And what is a small child calling for when a small child is calling for mom? A small child is calling for what? Nourishment. Of which love is nourishment, food is nourishment, there's so many nourishments. When a small child is calling for its mother, everybody listens. You sell millions of records. <laughs> and by that same fact, when you call for the mother, the universe listens. And the Sanskrit verse that talks about that says, O oh fool, no, it doesn't say fool. It says, oh, idiot. <laughs> it says, oh, idiot. When you were helpless, your mother was there. Why do you think now she isn't? When you feel that sense of it won't work, that interpretation, that psychological interpretation of helplessness, why would you want to imagine that the Universal Mother is not there? You do it because you believe you can make yourself safer than that fictitious master inside. <laughs> and faith crosses that line. Trust crosses that line and makes that fiction complete nonfiction. The master becomes real. Okay, we're going to go for the tonal note and the pitch note and all the other notes that you just know you can't hit, but you will. Okay, got it?
Take hold of your knees and begin Sufi grind, stirring the bowl of the pelvis with the spoon of the spine. Let yourself, let yourself become that fluidity, that solution orientation that approaches each moment, not as if we have a problem, but as if we have a solution. Where can we apply it to? Long and deep breath. Stir that bowl, that pelvic bowl. This little fellow's name is Sahaj. S-A-H-E-J. Sahaj means ease, not but just not ease, but like ease. It's the nature of our physical universe. The actual nature of our physical universe is ease. Any distortion of that is called dis-ease. Some diseases have been labeled all moments are somewhat outside of that great ease. Reverse the direction to continue. Allow yourself to experience that communication between your pelvis and your spine and your hips and your thighs and all of the glands and organs that sit in that pelvic bowl just waiting to respond to your needs with emotional charge. And when they're not trained, they're untrained. They just go off willy-nilly, which is a very technical Sanskrit term. <laughs> and inhale up. Exhale. When we're an embryo, our hands and our brain tissue are forming from the same cells. So we're wrapped up in this ball and we're holding our brain with our little finger in the frontal lobe and our thumbs at the primitive brain and the other fingers are here. So throughout our life, anything that we do with our hands is stimulating our brain. And that's why there is so much in yoga that deals with mudras. 
you always see those statues of the Buddha, right? right? In all the different, in all the different postures. Because everything that you do with your hands is affecting your brain. And if you know the code, you can take your hands and you can open up your brain so that it's not just a negating tool, because it's negating to keep you safe, but it could also be a promoting tool to keep you in faith. So your heart brain puts you in faith and your head brain will take you out of faith in its negating modes. But if you can access the promoting modes rather than the negating modes of the two-dimensional brain, it will say yes instead of no, true instead of false, right instead of wrong. So instead of trying to define your path by telling you what's wrong so that you can avoid the wrong, it will define your path by telling you what's right so that you can access the right. And when you're accessing the right through the head brain, which is two-dimensional, then the multidimensional heart brain is, and the three-dimensional gut brain is going to be more aligned, more empowered. And now you're actually riding the wave of ease knowing that you have a stability in the other quadrants, but you don't have to have your ability in those quadrants. You're rooted in these other portions, but you don't have to be holding it in your brain. You can allow your brain to be the yes instead of the no, the right instead of the wrong. And so they design these next two exercises in order to put so much pressure on the head brain that it decided it was just going to take a break. The head brain goes, I'm out of here. The heart says, cool. It's just like the gong. The gong overwhelms the head brain because the head brain's trying to tell you what's happening. And once that gong gets rolling, there's no way to say what's happening because there are so many tones and overtones that your head brain doesn't have the vocabulary to define it or to describe it. And that's why sometimes, how many have ever heard uh, voices or CDs playing in the midst of the gong? Anybody in here? They sent me to the wrong room? Okay, now you're going, oh yeah, I'm, yeah. So people all the time come up to us after class and they'll say, what was that CD you were playing with the gong? Because what's happening is that the head brain is so overwhelmed by the tones and overtones that it starts making things up. It starts hearing things that are there because the notes are all there, but it starts saying they're being played by a guitar or by a sitar. And that's what your brain is doing all the time. It's making this up. When you really want to hold on to that head brain, when you really want that head brain to govern your life, you have to be in a tight mode all the time. You have to be holding on physically all the time. So they designed this next mood, this next exercise, to try to break that. So put your arms up at 60 degrees. 
And now start opening and closing them, opening and closing them as fast as you can without thinking about it. Faster. That's slow. And now begin breath of fire without thinking about it. Open. Okay, some of you are just barely opening your hands. <laughs> like this. <laughs> I'll hold on. I'll hold on. I don't have to do this. I'll hold on. I'll hold on. That's your head brain talking. That's not you talking. That's your head brain talking. It's going, I don't want to be eliminated from this. I have to watch this guy. He's a little nuts today. <laughs> Faster. Your brain says we cannot do that. Inhale, stretch them, exhale. Now watch me. Second part of it is take your hands, make them just naturally curled. This. But get it all the way up to your shoulders. Don't just flip your wrists. That's not doing it. Get it all the way up to your shoulder. You're moving it like this. Your butt squiggling on your mat. Your mat may start squiggling. Don't curl your fingers in. Just let them be in the natural curve. Reverse the motion. Reverse it again. Reverse it again. Reverse it again. Reverse it again. Breath of fire. Reverse it again. Inhale, exhale, come standing up, don't touch anything, don't touch anything, don't touch the floor. Your brain says, we can't do that. The brain is always going to tell you what you can't do. Get down in horse stance, get your arms in front of you. You're going to inhale and exhale, but you're not going to move them very far. They're only going to move up and down about 12 inches. So it's... <laughs> now what's happening is that the head brain, emulated in your hands, is in line with the heart line. You're right in front of the heart center. It's inviting the heart in. It doesn't like it, but it's doing it. Breath of fire, come for it, go for it, get down, bend your knees, bend your knees, get down, bend your knees, get down. Elbows stiff. Double time it. Inhale, 
Inhale. Now take your right hand, put it on your left shoulder. Take your left hand, put it on your right shoulder. Inhale up. Exhale and bow as deep as you can. Inhale up. Exhale and bow. Inhale up. Exhale and bow. Inhale up. Exhale. Keep up. Keep, not keep up, but keep on. You're igniting the bio-algorithms that include the head-brain without excluding the rest of your intuitive intelligence. You're breaking old patterns so that this life can be lived according to the mastery that you are. Everyone, no matter who they are, has a, the master inside. The more inclined you are to be transparent, the more inclined that master is to be apparent. To become obvious. You're doing beautifully. And inhale up. Exhale. You don't want to hold the breath on that one because it will cause low oxygen in the brain. All right. So now just let your hands down. And as you're standing in that balance, Experience the sensation. It's not going to be huge, it's going to be subtle, but experience the correlation between your head brain, your heart brain, and your gut brain. Experience that they're kind of, they're kind of introducing themselves to each other. And now I want you to open your eyes and like turn to a person next to you and speak to them from that correlation. Just say a few words from that correlation of the head brain, the heart brain, and the gut brain. Go ahead. Inhale, inhale, hold on, don't, don't walk away from them, just inhale. Okay, now understand, the head brain is feeling a bit insecure. The heart brain is feeling at ease. And the gut brain is feeling slightly hungry. <laughs> Unless you ate before you, just ate before you came. But... Do you notice that if you were to stay in that conversation longer, the head brain would 
be taking on the management of the conversation until the gut brain says, let's go get something to eat. <laughs> or let's go get a tea or something like that. So what I want you to do now is just have that conversation for another 30 or 40 seconds and just emphasize the heart brain in it. Go for it. Okay, inhale, exhale, give a heart hug, give a hug, yeah, come back to your mat. Now your assignment for the rest of this year <laughs> is that you're going to have conscious attempts at engaging conversations from that trilogy, from you don't dispose of the logic and the, and the negating and the doubting of the head brain. That's important. It's important to doubt that you shouldn't jump when you're standing on the edge of a cliff. But if there's a deep enough water below you, you're also entitled to go, I think I can do this. Right? So you're, you must use all of these brains. You must use all of these awareness mechanisms so that you can have balance, but you don't want to have this dominating, dominating. We create a world like we have today in that dominating because there's this sense of there's not enough because doubt produces that sense of lack. And so all throughout this year, I want you to engage everyone that you engage with. And with those that you've engaged with a lot before with those you have history, with those that you have perhaps some painful history with. Those are going to be the greatest opportunities for you to prove to yourself that you can give the you can give yourself forward from those times of pain into the present, which is a time of ease, a time of sahaj. Hmm? Because pain lives in a memory. Pain doesn't live in a moment. And so what you want to do is you want to forgive, give forward, forgive, give forward to this present moment with those relationships that you're going to have a greater challenge in engaging with this trilogy. This is the trilogy. This is every trilogy that's ever been defined is just this. You have these points of awareness through which you can compute what it is that you're experiencing through your sensory system. And so to this year, the year of mastery, is, about the, is the year of honoring that master within. So the moment you create, it's like a combination lock. The moment you create a balance between this trilogy, boom, 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 the master steps forward. And as the master steps forward, it steps forward in the direction that you are to go. Because this, this, and this is balance. The master steps forward into a direction and you're on game. You're completely on game. And you ride that game as long as you can without this brain taking over. Because this brain's going to go, this is not logical. 
and it's going to want you to either lean further forward or step back. It'll ask you to step back into determination. I'm determined to make it. Oh, don't you feel a lot of identity in that I'm determined to make it rather than this is already made? When this is already made, which everything is, you feel no contribution whatsoever. So if your value is based on your sense of contribution, the sense of I am giving, right? Which you're not doing because there's nothing to give. It's already there. You're just witnessing it. You're not even giving yourself breath. You're just witnessing the breathing. So as long as you can be in that ease without having to go into the identity of determination or the identity of overwhelm, then you're riding that middle path the Buddha talked about. You're rooted in boredom, you're standing in balance, and you're leaning in the direction of, op of your opportunity, your probability, your joy, your goal, your determination. Hey, how you doing? At that age, you don't want to do too much, you know, because Right. Do we have it? Yeah. Come on one leg. Put your hands in receptive mode. Feel the head brain, the heart brain, and the gut brain. Experience them. Experience them. Now you're probably standing on the leg that you normally stand on. And the other leg, perhaps, the other leg is going to be less stable. What you want to do at home is you want to practice on the less stable leg so that you can bring true balance into your physical body. Because balance is not something you learn. Balance is something you acknowledge. Because the universe is, in and of itself, a balanced event. Switch legs. Begin breathing very deeply. Feel the gut. Feel the heart center. Feel the center of your forehead. Feel them being equal. Go back to the gut. Go back to the heart center. Go back to the center of the forehead. Switch legs. Breathe deeply. Experience that sensation of balance so the master can step forward. Allow the Master to step forward and lead your life. It will take you by the hand and walk you through great sense of risk. And it will be a bit of a Saturn teacher. It won't listen to your complaints 
with sympathy. It will understand your complaints empathically. But it will know that they're complaining about nothing. Walk into your dreams. Switch once again, last time. And from this balance now, we're going to begin that lunge into faith. So inhale, put both legs down. Now sort of check your flight zone with your neighbor because your arms are going to be going out. And so you're going to exhale and come forward onto one leg with your palms facing up. Then you're going to inhale, come back with your hands in prayer pose. Exhale, lunge forward, come way down so that you put pressure on that forward thigh, palms facing up. Inhale and come back into prayer pose. Now the other leg, exhale forward. Inhale back. Exhale forward, inhale back. Exhale forward, inhale back. Let's be like the starlings who all move at the same time. There's a great study on that. Ooh, you're looking really good, really effective. So you're lunging into faith, you're lunging into trust. And in that, you are connecting with that master that is you. Feel the balance, feel the lunge, feel the faith, feel the trust.
good. Keep up. Stay with it. Last 30 seconds. Inhale up and exhale, relax your breathing, close your eyes, keep your hands in prayer pose. And just experience that psycho-emotional shift, that physical shift. Now, without touching anything, with your hands, keeping them in prayer pose, come sitting down. Sat, we contract the rectum, the sex organs, and the navel point. On Nam, we release it. We're going to do this in loud whisper form with the hands not raised above our head, but right there in front of our heart center. Yeah. 
balance. the joy of rhythm, the sahaj of rhythm,
completely relax. I will turn off the fans. Let your entire body relieve and release. Absorb each breath you take. Absorb the sound of the gong in your bones. Be at ease. Be at ease. Be at ease. Relax your feet, ankles, and lower legs. your knees, relax your thighs and your hips and your pelvis, deeply relaxing your lower spine, your middle spine and your upper spine. your abdomen, all of the glands and organs in your abdomen, the diaphragm, relax your breath, Deeply relax your two lungs. Relax your heart. Relax your shoulders, arms, and fingers. your neck and throat, your face and your head.
Absorb the sound of the gong with your bones. Absorb the sound of the gong with your bones.
roll your hands and your feet. As you re-enter this body, do so consciously. Rub your palms together and your soles together vigorously. Inhale and stretch into the body glove. Stretch as deeply into the body glove as you can. Beautiful, beautiful. And now do a cat stretch left and right to open the spine. Bring the knees to the chest and roll on your spine. So this next piece, I'm just going to read it from the translation of the, of the yogic script, the yogic instruction. And it's the takeaway for today. Intuitive faith and trust is an unreasonable knowing, meaning a knowing without reason. Intuitive faith and trust is an unreasonable knowing and it is found in the heart and gut brain. It is found in the heart and gut brain. It's like that, I had a hunch. That's your gut brain talking. On the other side of that component, intelligent concern is in the doubting, and doubting asks for reason. And there's a good thing there. This comes from your head brain. Because we have evolved through survival crises, we have relied upon intelligent concern and doubt in order to arrive at where we are. But it won't take us to where we long to be. It says that there's a place for both, but there's a must for both. An interesting way of phrasing it. There's a place for both, but there's a must for both. That means there's a place for both intuitive faith and trust with unreasonable knowing and intelligent concern with reasonable doubting. It says that this is the balance of your trilogy, the head brain, the heart brain, and the gut brain. This is the balance of the trilogy that unlocks the master within. So when you approach any moment, and you can practice with your loved ones because they're the easiest to practice with, 
sometimes, of working with them with a balance between your center of your forehead, the center of your sternum, and the navel point. The head brain, the heart brain, and the gut brain. And just feel, whether you're sitting or standing, feel an equal amount of focus from all three centers. Yoga helps you to experience that sensation of being able to feel that, of being able to sense that. And then, and even admit it, hey, I'm practicing here with you. I'm, you know, you can't say that to a stranger. Yes, you can. That's not a rule. But it's easier, let's face it, to practice it with a loved one. Yeah? I'm going to practice with you. And you will find that the smoothness of the conversation opens these gateways to your mastery. That's what it is. The gateways to your mastery are so smooth. You did a remarkable job today. Bring your palms at the center of your chest. May the long time sun shine upon all
forehead to the floor, let all the blood equalize between these three points, the head, the heart, and the gut. closed, coming up. Cover your eyes with your palms, not your fingers. And open your eyes into the darkness of your palms and slowly move them forward and gaze at the lines of your palmistry. This is the map of the mastery. Good Sunday morning to you, huh? So remember this year. This year is numerologically just perfect for this, op for this opportunity. Whenever you're in conversation, try to come from all three centers. When you're in a conversation on a phone, try to come from all three centers. When you're in meditation, a conversation with self, come from all three centers and let that unlock the, the gate, the door, whatever you want to refer to it metaphorically as, so that you can walk into mastery because your master is there waiting for you just to walk inside. That's the true you. And in that you, you will ride that wave of time with your root in boredom, your axis in balance, and your intention and motivation and inclination into this area of ease. And you will accomplish everything that you're setting forward masterfully. Hmm. And this year is just the beginning. This year, <laughs> after last year, we go, thank God. <laughs> All right. Love you. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.